I'm Holly Houghton. I'm Michelle Reyes. And I'm Noreen Noble. The three of us are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we all love people and we love helping others. So we decided to bring our coaching knowledge about intentional thought, along with our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and his teachings, to create a podcast where we can explore how all this can fit together. We hope that with you, we can become more mindful and learn to find joy in any circumstance. And ultimately, strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ in every thought. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our In Every Thought podcast. We are so happy that you are here joining us, continuing to show up to listen to what it is that we have to offer. Episode seven here is going to be all about your brain. And there are different parts of your brain. um, And we're going to kind of simplify it here because A, we're not experts, but two, it just makes it easier to understand. So I'm going to start out by just explaining that in our brains, we have first and foremost, a, a higher brain and a lower brain. And these are like literally the areas of our brain, like the part that is closer to the front part of your forehead is that higher brain. And then the back down by your neck is that lower brain, but each of these serve a different purpose. The lower brain, let's start with that one. The lower brain is there for your survival. That's how we can sum it up best. And we could talk a lot more about it, but let's just keep it simple with that. That is for your survival. It's to keep you safe. It's to keep you alive. Um, and it serves a very important purpose. We also, as human beings have this higher brain and that higher brain is for problem solving and reasoning and living an intentional life. And both of these, we're going to talk about and how they work together to help us create better results in our life. We're going to talk about the lower brain, higher brain. We're even going to mention the protective brain. So listen out for that and then finish up with what the scriptures refer to as the natural man and how these all kind of fit together to better understand the lower brain. Let me have Holly explain something known as the motivational triad. All right. So the motivational triad is three things and all humans and animals were designed with these three principal motivations. And it's to avoid pain, to seek pleasure and to conserve energy. And so All of that is to keep us safe. It's to keep us alive. It's to keep us multiplying, replenishing the earth. And so when we do new things, like say, start a business or do something that feels scary, that's going to kick in that motivational triad part of the brain where it's like, no, stop. This is dangerous. Like say, for instance, to start your own business, it would go against all three of those things because we want that that lower brain wants us to avoid pain. And it feels pretty painful to start a new business. It feels scary you know, what are people going to think? It feels hard. It's going to take a lot of energy to figure out what you have to do. And it's not immediate pleasure. And so that's when our higher brain would come in and, and override that lower brain. Like, no, it's going to be fine. This is something I want to do. It's okay. Cause we have that long-term vision in mind and we're willing to put forth the effort, but just understanding that that lower brain really is motivated on those things to keep us safe to seek pleasure, conserve energy and avoid pain just to keep us alive. It makes sense why we have some of the thoughts we do that feels 
like the things we're doing are so scary and so dangerous. And our brain tries to talk us out of these things. I thought the motivational triad was so interesting when I first heard it. Can we discuss a little bit about some of our common quote unquote lower brain thoughts? Because when I first heard about upper brain, lower brain, all that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, so the lower brain just makes sure I breathe. And then make sure that I, my, my, my organs function, you know, it's over there by the brainstem doing all that stuff. But then I realized that a lot of the thoughts I have in the day and spoiler alert, a lot of the thoughts I judge myself about are actually lower brain thoughts. So I'll give an example. Then you guys hop in. Okay. (laughs) Avoid pain and conserve energy. Every morning I wake up and I have on my schedule to go exercise. (laughs) And then my body's like, no, uh-uh, <laughs> can't do it today. And I used to really, really get mad at myself for just not being able to do it. And then I realized, oh, it's literally in my my lower brain to conserve energy, right? right. So um, I, I used to get mad at myself about some of those things. So what are some things that you guys would think that are just kind of lower brain thoughts? I think it even plays into the emotional things we experience because our lower brain can't distinguish between physical pain and emotional pain. So sometimes that even shows up in the form of like putting yourself out there to do something new. We all felt this when we started this podcast, right? Our lower brain was like, don't do it. You are going to die if you do this podcast. Um, But then that's where that higher brain comes in and says, no, we know that this is going to be beneficial. Like this is how we want to show up in the world. This is how we want to use the knowledge that we've gained. We want to help others. And we overrode that lower brain that was telling us, do not do this. You, it's going to be painful. It's not going to be fun and it's going to be hard, right? Which which is all against what that motivational triad is from our lower brain. But that's the point is recognizing that it does serve a purpose it keeps us safe. It keeps us alive. Like we don't want that part of our brain to disappear. There's a reason why it's there, but we also need to be able to answer it and not let it take the driver's seat in our life. Yeah. Another example I thought of with seeking pleasure is, you know, when you think about food and you're trying to not eat junk food or eat healthier, your brain puts a lot of importance on that food that I would say, you know, that delicious, you know, cookie, (laughs) our brain is going to put high priority on things that give us immediate pleasure, like food, even, you know, alcohol, pornography, TV, shopping, things that give us that immediate pleasure. And that's, it feels very important and it's fun. And so that's when we have our higher brain come in and help us be like, okay, is this who I want to be? Is this what I want? Is this helping me get my goals? But it's that lower brain that's seeking pleasure constantly. It's so funny because we've all mentioned things that I'm like, I totally judge myself for those thoughts or that desire to do or not do. Right. Um, and Honestly, I was having a problem with this and I had taken it to, you guys remember this? I had taken it to my coach. I'm like, why am I thinking this? I know better. And she said to me, and it's one of the things that actually changed, changed my life because instead of getting mad at that part of me, she says that part of your brain is, is really your protective brain. 
And it's trying to protect you from doing new things. It's trying to keep you in your same status quo where you're the happiest. And so it's really trying to do good, but it's coming off a little bad. Um, And so instead of getting mad at myself and judging myself and being super harsh to myself, I have realized that, oh, huh. Yeah. My brain's trying to protect me and like you both have said, I just have to have my higher brain choose to move forward. Right. And so the reason why we're sharing about this is because as you begin model work, as you begin evaluation of your thoughts and how it's serving you or not serving you, you can recognize like where it's coming from and understanding that it, and I love that, that title, the protective brain, you have a lot of compassion for it. Right. I also have heard it explained as like a toddler, right? I think Holly, you kind of mentioned that a little bit in a former podcast where it doesn't have that full understanding of what's beneficial in the long term, And so we can just like be really kind and gentle with it. It's just trying to protect us. And just like Noreen, you were saying, like move into not judging it and just recognizing it, answering it with kindness, and then choosing to move forward from there. One more place that I thought is very universal, and I didn't want to go on until we talked about this, is when we compare. Right. Okay, so then I would compare myself to somebody, and then I would get mad at myself for comparing myself to somebody, and then I would judge myself for comparing myself to somebody, when really comparison is part of that lower brain, because if you're looking at it at a survival technique, your brain is scanning all the ways that you are going to quote unquote win, or where the way you're losing, so that you can do what you need to do to survive in the world. The problem is, is that our version of what winning is and what losing is, is totally subjective. Right. And so sometimes comparing can come up in two ways. One, judging others and misjudging them and two, judging ourselves. Right. And so we just need to be onto our brain and being like, thank you, protective brain for pointing that out to me. But guess what? I love me. I may not know that person, but Jesus loves him. So I, I will try to show compassion in that way. And I'm in control now. So thank you. Right. Right. And it's just, it's just trying to keep us safe. It's just trying to help us survive. Another thing that I learned when it comes to recognizing that thoughts are coming from these two different places, I feel like the lower brain is more of a instinctual offering of thoughts. Whereas that frontal higher brain is like an intentional creation of thoughts and those thoughts always being offered by your lower brain, your higher brain offering of thoughts is answering it back. And so I really appreciated one time when I was, um, when I heard the thought, you just need to speak back to your lower brain as much as it speaks to you, if not more like answering it, not letting it take the drive, take the wheel in your car and drive your life. Like it can, it can sit in the back. It can be there. It can be present. You can thank it and have gratitude. Like Holly said, for how it's protecting you, but you're driving, you're intentional in your life. You're choosing the thoughts that you're going to have. So you have that fuel, that energy to, to drive through your life in the way that you want to create the life that you want to. Yeah. And I love that we don't have to believe every thought our brain offers us either. Right. Our brain's right. going to come up with all sorts of things. And, you know, and, and even we talked about, you know, controlling our thoughts. But if I said, 
don't think about a yellow school bus. Don't think about a donut (laughs) with sprinkles on top. You know, like your mouth even might salivate is the more I explain this donut because our brain is going to think about things, whether we want to or not. So we're not in control of every thought that comes and we don't have to believe every thought that comes. But one analogy I love is it's just like, we're the sky and thoughts are clouds that are just floating by and we can just watch them and they can float. And sometimes they're heavy and they're gray and they're big, they're light, they're fluffy. They're like, whatever they just, they float by and they don't have to hurt us. They don't have to affect us. We, until we make meaning of those thoughts, they can just be clouds that, that float by. We don't have to believe everything that we think. Oh, great. Now I'm thinking about donuts. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But I totally lost what I was going to say. Because now I'm thinking about donuts. (laughs) We're all thinking about donuts. Uh, Thanks for that little thought refreshment, Holly, of the donuts. (laughs) Let's circle back here to another example of a part of our brain that is just natural and a part of us. And this one comes from more of a scriptural context where it's referred to in first Corinthians, as well as Romans, and also in the book of Mormon as the natural man and how the natural man is an enemy to God. And it's something that we need to overcome. I'm going to read just a scripture from the book of Mormon, where it talks about this natural man in Mosiah 319. It says for the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child does submit to his father. When we talk about the natural man, it's not that it's exactly the lower brain, but they have similarities, right? There are things that we need to overcome, that we need to answer, that we need to acknowledge that's a part of being a human being here on this earth, but that we can through intentional thought so that we can have the spirit so that we can use the atonement of Jesus Christ to overcome that and become that better version of ourselves that we have complete potential to be. I love the scripture in Corinthians that talked about the natural man and it's in first Corinthians two 14. And it says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And I liked it because it's saying that you're a natural man when you reject the spirit of God or your upper brain. The fact that you have these primitive thoughts or these uh, protective brain thoughts is not the problem. It's when you reject becoming better and you just subject yourself to saying, well, That's you know who what? I am. <laughs> it's who I am. Yeah. And the thought I'm not good enough, a very common survival thought. If we want to just remain there, say, yeah, yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. That's rejecting the spirit of God telling you that you are a child of God and that you are worthy. That's when it becomes the natural man is when you don't want to listen to the promptings to become better because you think that's foolish because nope, I can't be better because I am this. That's just foolish. So I, I love that scripture in Corinthians because it all clicked for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing people, but I'm really clear to myself. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I love that too, because 
if you think about it in the in the scripture that Michelle read, it says we need to put off the natural man and become as a child, which is submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, and willing to submit to all things that the Lord seeth fit. Which to me that feels like it's not very instinctive. It's not very like it takes work to do that. We have to choose to do that. And so it it kind of like, you know, to, to become humble or patient, I think part of that, that lower brain, that natural man is going to try to talk me out of it because again, it's not immediate pleasure. It takes a lot of energy and it might be a little painful right. to be humble and say, I'm right. sorry and put myself out there and apologize. Right. You know, it kind of goes against that, what we're naturally inclined to do. Right. And so that's how I loved it coming full circle that way as yeah. well. I love that. Speaking of coming full circle, I'm going to reference our last episode when we were talking about when we know who we are, Right, it's so much easier to overcome those protective thoughts. When we know that we're God's child, when we know that we're loved, it totally helps us intentionally choose to love and be loved. I love that. And to choose the harder path Yeah, that is actually going to get us something better than if we just submit to that natural flow. I kind of picture like a river, right? That natural instinct, that lower brain, it just kind of floats you down a river, but it's, you're just going to be subjected to whatever that creates. You're not going to be able to intentionally carve out a path that is going to lead you to somewhere better. That's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is all about is getting off the beaten path, the the one that everyone will take that's of ease, that's of convenience and saying, I'm going to be something different. I'm going to do something different. I just had this thought. My, my in-laws live in Preston, Idaho, and they have a river that goes through the backyard. And so in the summertime, we, everybody gets an inner tube and we go like two miles up the river and we float and it's all fun and games. <laughs> I have to get off the river into their backyard. And it's a little bit more difficult than just sitting there floating and letting the river take me. Like now I have to like find a reed of a branch and then pull myself in and then pull myself out of the water. It's, it's, you don't need to picture it. You guys, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> it takes more effort than it does to just lazily sit there and let the river take me where it will. And so I, I loved when you said that Michelle, cause I like picturing him saying, you know what? No. I'm getting off here because this is what I want. This, this is, is what where I want. I want to be. Exactly. I want to be there. They have, right. they have donuts. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, right. To create something more. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are asked to be different. Yeah. And back to that protective brain, you know, sometimes it's, we don't want to stand out because then attention's drawn to us. It's better to stay safe and lay low because it feels safer. It's not as dangerous, but our prophet Russell M. Nelson said that true disciples of Jesus Christ are willing to stand out, speak up and be different from the people of the world. They are undaunted, devoted, and courageous. There is nothing easy or automatic about becoming such powerful disciples. Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and his gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. I love that. So That's so powerful. You have to just like take a minute and think about how 
that, what that means for us and how we show up in our lives a little different when we really believe that, right? That was such a good quote, Holly. And when you're reading it, I was thinking about, I, you guys know that I love The Chosen, the TV series about Christ. I, I love it. And in the first season, you see him about to start his ministry and what a disruption that was. Talk about peculiar and standing out was Jesus coming in and kind of disrupting the status quo. And why do we think being a disciple of his is going to be any different, right? He came in and he unapologetically preached and lived such a good life. And even while he was doing good, people thought bad of him. And so I just look at him as an example. And I think that that quote is absolutely true. If we focus on him, standing out will be purposeful. And we're not just like trying to get attention and ha oh, look at me, da, right. da, da, da. but it's more right. like I choose to follow him and, and this is what I have to do. And following him while it will be uncomfortable, maybe doesn't have to be so scary when our focus is on him. Yeah. Right. I love that so much. Yeah. Following him, being a disciple of Jesus Christ means we do things different than the world does. And that's okay. Sometimes being a disciple of Jesus Christ means doing things different than even the people in our own church. That means loving others no matter what, opening our minds to people's different paths, not making quick judgments on them. Now, that judgment to begin with is part of our protective brain because it's saying, oh, hey, that could be dangerous. But then our upper brain, our Christ-like brain takes over and says, I will love them. Noreen, I love that. And one, one thing that helped me understand the difference with the higher and lower brain is that judgment is, it is going to be there and, but it's, it's becoming aware of it and noticing it and then realizing like, oh, I'm worried about other people outside of me and what they're doing and what's going on. And I need to turn that back to me, back to the savior. Where am I at? Who do I want to be? How do I need to change? And, and it's kind of like a, a little red flag when that judgment comes up that I'm focusing outward on what other people need to be doing differently. And I need to turn that back to me. What do I need to be doing differently? All right. That's the whole moat and beam principle, right? That we learn about from Jesus in the New Testament. Before we wrap up, I just feel the need to say one more thing. And it's, we're not teaching you this. So you disregard your instinct. If you walk into a room and you feel danger and you need to get out, get out. You don't have to access your higher brain to know that you are in a place where you need to take yourself out of that situation or you need to react a certain way. What we're talking about managing your lower brain with your higher brain is more along the lines of when there are recurring thoughts or beliefs that are not serving you. The thought that you're not enough or the thoughts of comparison. Trying something new or just putting yourself out there. Working towards a goal. That's why this tool of awareness is so important is so that we can grab those thoughts and then choose how we're going to go forward. Yeah. Thank you for adding that, Noreen. Thank you so much for this lovely discussion. I've enjoyed it so much. And just understanding that that's what we have as human beings are these different brains that we need to balance and to work with and to answer and use so that we can create better results in our life. Well, that wraps up today's episode. If you have any questions 
or need help modeling, you can email us at ineverythoughtpodcast at gmail.com. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.